What's going on, Cheat Code Sports Fantasy Football Podcast listeners? You got Kevin Stevie P coming at you. What's going on, Steve? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, world? All right, so today we are going to uh, break down, uh, just talk about our cheat codes and and uh, player profiles and just some different things that we've learned, different things that if you look at them, you can you know, kind of see, engage, uh, you know, just like we said, they're great tools and, you know, things that if you look at them will definitely give you, you know, a, a good advantage headed into, into your drafts. Uh, but first we'll, you know, while we're talking about these cheat codes, they're on the website. So check out the website, www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com for these cheat codes, the player profile PDF packet, which is coming out. Uh, We have articles that come out weekly and we have rankings up right now. Um, We got to put our new ones up, Steve, uh, while we're thinking, while I'm thinking about it. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of information help you guys in these fantasy drafts coming up. Um, And we want you guys to be successful. So check it out and definitely give us some feedback and let, let us know what you think. All right, so news. Uh... Ladies and gentlemen, could I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, so some news items to get into uh, before we do those. Um, start with this one uh, just because I really liked it. Uh where is it? Speaking Wednesday, Coach Frank Reich reiterated Marlon Mack is the starting running back, but the Colts will ride the uh, hot hand in the backfield. Uh, it's kind of what we expected, you know, that Marlon Mack is going to begin the season as the starter. Um, and if Jonathan Taylor looks better, he'll probably get more carries. If, you know, he's struggling with blitz pickups or anything of that nature. And, you know, if Mack looks good, Mack's going to keep that job. So it's, it's just going to be a hot hand approach. Um, I would think that the best way to handle this is probably if you draft Taylor, because Taylor is being drafted early, try to get Mac. You know, I would definitely think this is one of those. This is to me is more of a friendship strategy at running back than a handcuff. But I, I do think that this is a good situation where, you know, whichever one of these guys you have, and I do think you're going to know which one to start in this backfield as the season goes on. Um, the Colts backfield is just a great one because their line is so good. They're, you know, Marlon Mack's been very good over the last couple years. You know, to me, this is a backfield that I want to try to lock up. Yeah, I agree. To me, you know, if you watched Marlon Mack last year, he was really good. Yeah, I mean, like he had games where he was dominant. He really was. So, with this offensive line and the way that they play football i just really feel like you you know last what was it yes on monday i did uh you know i did the mock draft and in that mock draft i got marlon mack in the 11th round so obviously with the news you know coming out i would assume he's gonna start to creep up but i don't think he's moving that much because i just think people think jonathan taylor is going to just run away with this job and I just don't think that's the case. Like, to me, I think Marlon Mack has shown enough in the past couple of years that, you know, he's going to get some run. So, 
you know, getting him in round 11 is probably not going to happen anymore. You're probably going to have to take him in like round nine, end of round, you know, eight. But, you know, regardless, I'm, I'm trying to get as much Marlon Mack as I can stand because, uh, you know, he's just going super late. And if he ends up being the guy all year long and they just kind of sprinkle in Taylor, it's, you know, to me, it's going to be, you're going to be real happy with uh, Marlon Mack. Yep. Um, next up, Le'Veon Bell said he wants to play this year at 210 to 215. Uh, you know, to me, you know, I know, I don't know where he was last year. I remember pretty sure he was up in the two twenties last year, to be honest. Yeah. I remember a similar story we read last year before the season and, you know, if he's getting lighter, maybe a little quicker, it could be better for this offense. Maybe he'll be hitting those holes quicker when they form, if they form in with this offensive line. But, uh, you know, it's definitely something to keep in mind. If, if Lev's going to be a little lighter, maybe he's in a little better shape. Anything you want to add? <laughs> I, I just, no. I don't really don't have anything else to say. I, I feel like we've said enough about Lev. Like, I just don't trust this Jets offensive line. I don't care what he weighs. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. if he if he gains weight, if he loses weight, like, I, I don't care. Like, I just think this offensive line is bad. If if I can get Le'Veon Bell where he's going in the third round and he just, you know, he's in a situation where I need a running back and I'm, I'm probably going to take him. But I don't, I don't feel any more confident whether he loses weight a or guy not. You're, he's not a guy you're aiming to draft. Exactly. He's just like, if he falls into my lap, I'll take him. Exactly. But not like looking and saying, oh, I need to get Le'Veon Bell this year. Exactly, because I just don't see – I don't see the upside the way you saw we saw upside when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers because you know it was, it was a completely different situation. It was you know you had you had Big Ben throwing the ball, you had Antonio Brown on that team, you had Juju on that team. Like that whole offense was just awesome. I I don't have that same feeling at all with this Jets team. No. I I still don't know if Sam Darnold's even a really good player. Like yeah, I we think don't know, we don't know what to expect out of him. Exactly. We don't know nothing about Sam Darnold. We don't know nothing about the wide receiving core, how it's going to come together. We know that they have one capable wide receiver and the rest of the guys were just kind of like, man, I hope they really play good this year to open up the offense for Le'Veon Bell. And that, that's basically how I feel. So, you know, there's not going to be no – there's literally zero news. Unless they revamp the entire offensive line, they just fire everybody and bring in all superstars, I'm just not going to feel good about this Jets team, period. And Le'Veon Bell will just be a volume back that I want because of volume, not because of production. Yep. All right. Next up. Uh, Josh Jacobs says he is trying to catch at least 60 passes this year. This could be good because <laughs> this is a guy like if he's catching 60 balls, Josh Jacobs is going to be a top five running back. I've said that <laughs> uh, if he catches 60 balls, he's going to be a top five running back. So definitely like one of those things you're going to have, you know, you're not going to be able to see it. In preseason, you're going to have to try and keep your ears open. But like I said, you know, I I think I'm moving Jacobs up. 
I think Jacobs is going to be my number six running back right now. I'm telling I, I'm you. going to put him ahead of Mixon and, and, and Sanders, and I really don't want to but because I love Miles and, and I'm, I'm kind of happy with Mixon, but I think I'm moving Josh Jacobs up, man. I, I We just keep hearing good things. Yep. I said that the other day. Like To me, if he is a 50 catch back with the amount of carries he got last year, I just think he is going to be awesome. I, I mean, like, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if they're saying that he is going to get a full allotment of, you know, passing and running work, that just doesn't come along in the NFL that often. Like, there's, there's really like a very small number of backs that you can say are going to have 225 plus carries and 50 plus receptions. Those guys are the top five, six guys. Like, that's just, it is what it is. I mean, Miles Sanders, we're hoping, gets there. You know, Mixon, we already know, is there, but he has never been super involved in the passing game. You know, he he catches about 30, 40 balls a year, if that. And then, you know, the other guys, Derrick Henry is the one outlier because the dude is basically 300 almost carries. You know what I mean? It's like 285 and then 15 to 20 catches. But other than that, you know what I mean? Like Zeke catches 50 balls. Kamara catches 80 balls. Literally, Kamara is the most consistent running back in the history of football when it comes to catches, dude. He was 81 his rookie year, 81 his sophomore year, yeah. 81 his third year. Like, legit, the dude, you're getting 81 catches from this guy. Like, I'm basically penciling it in. So... Uh, you know, for me, it's just those few guys. And if he's going to be in that echelon of guy, I want him. Yep. All right. So 49ers and George Kittle are making progress on a contract extension. Uh, Tyrell Williams said he's over the hump from his plantar fasciitis issues from last season. Uh, Bill's coach, Sean McDermott, signed a multi-year extension. I think it was like six years. You guys got him for like till 2025, I think it is. I love this. I, I definitely wanted to talk about this because this is something that made me very happy inside. I love the job that he's done while he's been in Buffalo. Two out of the past three years we've been in the playoffs. Before that, we were straight hot garbage. You know what I mean? Like, he made this team – this defense is scary. Like, Period. I don't care what anybody says. This defense, and now Trade Day says he's playing this year. This defense is legit. And this is all because of Sean McDermott. Like, we saw what he did in Philly. We saw what he did in Carolina. Like, think about that Carolina defense a couple years. That that Carolina defense got Norman, Josh Norman to be the highest paid cornerback in football. Like, it got Luke Keekley to be one of the highest played defensive players. Like, it, that defense was legit. He leaves, the defense starts to fall apart, and he comes to Buffalo, and the Buffalo defense just skyrockets. So guess what? If they can get an offense going you know, that is super consistent, scoring 21 points or more, this Bills team is going to be hard to beat against anybody. So I, I love that they signed him to a long-term deal. All right. The Athletics' Vic Ta- Tafer 
said wide receiver Nelson Aguilar will do enough in his uh, in this offense to make fantasy owners of Henry Ruggs, Tyrell Williams, and Hunter Renfro upset. So they obviously plan to use all their wide receivers. I mean, what was the other guy we talked about the other day? Um, was it Byron? Byron? Yeah, yeah, Byron, Byron something. It, dude, I hate offenses like this. Like, I like, like the okay the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are a perfect example of this. Last year they were great. Like you knew Mike Evans, you mean Chris Godwin. You knew those guys were catching balls, and basically nobody else was existing in that offense. You know the running backs just were okay, right? Now you freaking bring Gronk and you bring, you know what I mean? Like the whole everyone in the world. And now you're like, oh, man, I just hope these guys get the targets that I want. When there's so many mouths to feed, and I hate using this scenario, but if you're telling me that all the guys on this team is going to be consistently touching the ball, like, no, stop. Just just do what you owe. Like, do what works. Like, Waller was great last year. Let Waller do his thing. Like, Use the guys that are good. Don't try to sprinkle it around. Derek Carr ain't that good, bro. <laughs> no. Nope. Use your best players. Use your best um, players, pretty, period. Yeah. That's pretty much it for the news. I didn't really see anything else that was pretty pretty re- that was really relevant. Nope. Uh, so let's get into, you know, basically what we what we've gotten from the cheat codes and doing the cheat codes and um, what we've gotten from looking at film. Uh, for our player profiles uh why don't you start it off um you know just go over go through one one of yours so the cheat codes just to give you an explanation of what you know we break down in the cheat codes so i'll go over a quick review of what the cheat codes are and then i'll explain to you like why i think this helps right so the cheat codes are basically all of the stats from every team what we do is we omit certain stats. So like if you go to certain websites, it'll show you all the players, every touch, every catch, every target, all that. We omit the players that are under a certain threshold of touches, receptions, targets, things like that, and just put the pertinent players on the lists, right? So if you look at our charts, basically it will give you the player, you know what I mean? For targets, for example, it'll give you the targets. Any player that had total of 20 targets or more will be on the list. You're going to see all their targets. Then if you look to the right of their targets, you'll see a pie chart. And it'll give you, you know, the percentage of targets that they saw amongst their teammates that saw at least 20 catches or more. Right, so that'll be for targets. We also have it for total touches, receptions, receiving yards, rushing yards, rushing attempts. Uh, Then we get into the quarterbacks where we do passing attempts, completions, yards, passing touchdowns, interceptions. Um, You know, then we get into the red zone stats. The red zone stats are passing attempts inside the 10, passing attempts inside, uh, completed inside the 10, passing yards, uh, you know, passing touchdowns inside the 10. Um, then it's targets inside the 10 receptions inside the 10 receiving touchdowns carries inside the 10 carries inside the five rushing touchdowns in that in those areas. And then there's pie charts that give you all of the information from all of that. 
And then in the very last page, you'll see is our total touchdowns on the year. Then it gives you a graph of the total touchdowns for each team. We give you a complete breakdown of the offensive line where we tell you what PFF graded the line and that what we saw on, on tape from this offensive line. Normally what I'll do is I'll take four games of game tape uh, I'll watch four games of how I thought the offensive line played. I take two games from the beginning of the year. I take two games at the end of the year. Normally it's like week 14 and 15 I do because that's when teams are fighting to get into the playoffs and I want to see how they're playing. Uh, and I'll watch those games and then I'll give you a breakdown on what I see on the offensive line. And then we give you all of the key additions and key departures. So that's basically what the cheat code is for all 32 NFL teams, and you can kind of see the breakdowns. Now, this is the explanation of why I think this helps you for a perfect example. So the Houston Texans, if you go on the website, is the very first team that pops up on the AFC side. So we have an AFC link and an NFC link. So you click that, you'll be able to see all the, all the teams. So Carlos Hyde last year had 225 touches, which was 34% of the total team touches. Who's on that team now? David Johnson. David Johnson. And let's remember, Carlos Hyde is a horrible pass catcher. Like he, They tried to make him a thing in the 49ers offense when Shanahan very first got there the first year, and I think he caught 60 balls. But he literally had like almost no yards he just was not very good in the passing game but david johnson is very good in the passing game and we saw carlos had had 225 total touches so is 300 total touches for david johnson out of the realm of possibility no i don't think so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean he could see 40 percent of the total team touches like this i it definitely could happen um you know and that's one one of the things that I really take from the cheat codes because I can see the percentage of everything on our site. And I'm going to get a tiny bit off topic, but everything on our fantasy football site, I put on there or Kev put on there or Dan put on there. It's because it's information I want to know. Like if I think in my head, man, I really wonder if. You know, how many total touches and the percentage of total touches, you know, David Johnson could possibly get. This is why we did the Chico's like this is information I want to know that, you know, you have to go to player. You know, uh, what, what is that website that gives you all the player information? Uh, it's like the NFL site player something. Uh, uh, player reference. Or player reference. Yeah. Pro football reference. That's pro it. football reference. Pro yeah. football reference. So if you go on there, you can get all the stats. But the way they break it down is just like a big box. You know, they put all the stats in there. You got to search for the stat you're looking for. Not on here. On here, the stats are boom right there. You just, you know what I mean? With the pie graphs and all, everything else. So, you know, for me, rushing yards, Carlos had had 57% of the rushing yards. So, you know, he's not sharing Deshaun Jack, Deshaun Watson had 22% of the total rushing yards. So that's a big chunk from the quarterback. So really if David Johnson eats into Duke Johnson's touches, which I definitely think he could, you know, is a good strong possibility that he could, you know, we could see, you know, 65, 60, 65%, you know, of the total rushing yards go to David Johnson. So, you know, it's just a good reference to have when you're looking at, you know, different teams. So we're just going to, this is kind of what me and Kevin are going to do. We're going to go over certain teams that we're looking at and say, hey, okay, this is what we think about this guy and this is why, because the cheat codes tell us. 
Yep. So I'm actually, I think that was a good one to start. Uh, I think it was a great, honestly, you know, looking at it with, with Hyde, 255 touches, Duke Johnson, 127 touches. Um, you know, you're basically talking about two, 380 touches between the two of them. You know, if they decide to go more of a one running back system, especially considering, you know, that, uh, uh, David Johnson is, is, you know, more equipped for that role. You know, it could honestly, you know, he definitely could cross that 300 touch barrier. And, you know, that could make David Johnson really, really good this year. And, you know, a lot of people are kind of sleeping on him, you know, thinking that, you know, he he, just because he looked bad last year, you know, I don't think he looked as bad as what people think. But I agree. Um, I'm going to bring up the Packers. Um, so. A lot of times when you listen to people talk about the Packers, you listen to, you know, you, you kind of almost feel like they're such a run-heavy offense or, or just, you know, that they were, you know, they leaned on the run game a lot more than what really they did. You know, I, I people almost say that, like the way that, you know, they almost talk about the Packers like this is a run team. Like they, you know, they drafted A.J. Dillon. They want to run the football, but – they were a 58 to 42 percent run pass ratio, with pass being, you know, obviously 58 percent. Um, you know, and that was with Devonte Adams missing four games. Um, you know, I think that bodes well for Aaron Rodgers heading into this year, and I think it bodes well for you know Devonte Adams, like we've been saying. You know, my thing with Devonte Adams has always been that I think that he's going to get a boatload of targets. Last year, he played 12 games. He, he had 127 targets, so he was averaging 10 a game. And that was with having four in one game and six in another. So you look at the, the pie chart here for Devontae Adams. In 12 games, he only played 12 games, he had 26% of the team's targets. Missing four games still had 26% of the team's targets. If you remember Matt LaFleur's offense, and I believe I talked about this last year, Matt La or yeah, last year coming into the season, I talked about this for Devontae Adams. Um, if you were two years ago, and we don't have the cheat code from last year, I don't think, but if you looked at Corey Davis's target share from Matt LaFleur's offense in the Titans, Corey Davis, yes, Corey Davis had 27% of the team's targets. This is an offense and a system that looking at the pie charts that we have on this on the from these cheat codes, you can literally tell this offense is so heavily predicated on the X receiver that Aaron Rodgers missing Devontae Adams last year was extremely, you know, hard for him to overcome, which is why his stats look the way they did you know he had games where it was 160 yards 100 and you know i think 160 was like his lowest but he had 195 game which you're not really used to seeing but you know to me this year at with one more year in the offense like i expect aaron Rodgers to be a little bit more successful if Devonte adams you know is healthy for the full year you're gonna see Devonte adams like last year 573 pass attempts I think Devontae Adams gets a third of those attempts. <laughs> like you're basically talking about a guy getting 185 targets. Like that's that's a lot of targets. That's 
that's worthy of number one wide receiver of, you know, a number one wide receiver drafting spot. And I actually moved him ahead of Michael Thomas because I think he's going to get that. So, you know, that's one thing, just looking at the pie charts, looking at the percentages and how much, you know, this team over the last few years and this, well, this system, I should say with Matt LaFleur over the last few years, just the way they use their number one receiver. Um, I expect Devontae Adams to have a huge year. And I think that Aaron Rodgers is going to be, you know, Aaron Rodgers last year was a number, I think seven or eight quarterback with 4,000 yards and 26 touchdowns. You know, I mean, who's to say this guy can't add another 350, 400 yards and, and four touchdowns to his, you know, to his st- stats and finish as a top five guy again. And he's like the number 13th quarterback off the board. Yep, I agree. All right, so another team from the AFC South that I actually want to get into is the Tennessee Titans because, you know, last year we all made a bet that Derrick Henry was going to see 300 touches, blah, 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 blah. We all know how that ended. So I actually, looking at the stats, this is the one team where I'm kind of like, hmm, I'm skeptical a little bit, right? So we all know it started off that, you know, Marcus Mariota was the quarterback, and then week, I want to say four or five, he loses his job, and, you know, Ryan Tannehill comes in, and we were all like, oh, Tannehill sucks, and he ended up being amazing over, like, a nine-game stretch, and then, you know, last two games, and then the playoff, you know, he was just, he was actually pretty terrible in the playoffs if you looked at his numbers, but Derrick Henry was so good that you kind of were like, eh, okay. Yeah, I mean, who cares if he sucks? They're kind of running for 200 yards a game. You know what I mean? It kind of, kind of don't matter. But when you're looking at the stats, AJ Brown, I think, has actually started to fall a little bit in drafts. He's actually going in a little bit later than he was in the in the beginning of the preseason. He was, you know, kind of in that four end, of, you know, end of the fourth round, beginning of the fifth round, guys. And now I see him kind of going at the end of the fifth round, beginning of the sixth round. Um, and I think that's justified. I like, I just looking at the numbers. So last year, I understand there was a quarterback switch, but he still had plus 10 plus games with Ryan Tannehill. Right. And he saw 84 targets and 52 receptions. Right. But then when you look at his receiving yards, he had a thousand fifty one receiving yards on 52 catches. Like, it's like 20, 20 yards a catch. <laughs> Dude, that's amazing. That's insane. Like, that is – that's not – Unachievable again. Yeah, that's just <laughs> crazy. Like, Those like, like, if you look at his numbers, that's insane. That don't even make no sense. So, I would expect a regression unless his receptions go up, right? He would have to get into the 80 reception area for me to feel confident that he's going to – be another thousand yard receiver. I like I I do think he will be there because I think he catches seventy you know, seventy to seventy five balls. And that is a little bit more doable. That makes a little more sense that he would be a thousand yard receiver. But if he stays where he's at, the eighty four target range and fifty two receptions on the year, he ain't gonna be a thousand yard receiver again. I'm sorry to tell you guys. Like you can't rely on sixty yard touchdowns every other game. And that's basically what he was. He had a game where he had two 60-yard-plus touchdowns. So, you know, those those really inflate the numbers. And that was, you know, 
that was kind of eye popping to me. The one thing I think was that another thing that I was like, I looked at and I was like, God, Jesus. And Derrick Henry was 80% of the rushing yards on this team. Like that is an insane amount. That is, that is a huge amount. And I'm not saying he doesn't repeat it, but 1,540 yards with 80% of the total touches, that's, you know, that's Zeke numbers. That's basically what you're seeing at a Zeke, you know, over the past couple of years. So if he's going to continue that, then great. But, you know, you might see a slight regression out of Derrick Henry uh, also. But the rest of the team and, okay, so Marcus Mariota, 160 pass attempts. Right. Brian Tannenhill had 286 pass attempts. They were just win. And if you look, he played, what, nine more games than Marcus Mariota, it looks like here. So if he played nine more games than Marcus Mariota and only had basically 120 more passes, it's really like it just showed that they were much, much better on offense with Ryan Tannehill on the field. And if that's going to be the case, I don't think Marcus, you know, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is going to throw any more than he did last year. I think they're going to try to limit his his throwing because I, you know, we don't know how great he really is. They're going to use Derrick Henry and, you know, hope that he doesn't have to throw 30 pass, 35 passes a game, you know. So I, it's just a couple of looking at the numbers and looking at the cheat codes that I'm just like, eh, I don't know. I, you know. I like this offense, but I don't love this offense. And, I love this offensive line, as you can read on the cheat codes, but, you know, I think that more helps out Derrick Henry and, you know, his probably being another 1,400-yard running back. Uh, you know, I don't know about the touchdowns. I think he still probably stays close to the double digits. But, you know, I definitely see, like, a 1,350 to 1,400-yard rushing season for Derrick Henry once again. Yep. All right, so uh, my next point would be um, the Giants. If you look at the Giants, you know, obviously we all know how good of a player Saquon Barkley is. Um, this dude missed like three and a half games, maybe more. Like I think the one game he only had like eight rushing attempts. So basically, or t- yeah, eight eight attempts. So basically, we're talking about a guy who, you know, basically missed four games. We'll just say that. I mean, he really didn't play much in that. He really didn't get much work in that Tampa Bay game. In four games, the dude was 41%. Missing four games in 12 games, he was 41% of their offense still. Like, you're talking about a guy that's going to be 60 to 60, you know, 60 to 62, 63% of that offense probably if he plays – all 16 he had 269 touches you know what i mean if you if you throw in you know john hillman wayne gallman you know what i mean and what what they did like you're up around 52 percent and they're obviously not relying on john hillman and wayne gallman as much as they would rely on saquon so that number probably goes up higher than that you're like you're basically talking about a guy who's going to be you know, probably between 55 and 60% of that Giants offense. Um, and it's an offense that could probably be pretty good. So, you know, I, it's just one thing, it, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and say, okay, well, yeah, you should definitely draft Saquon Barkley. Like, yeah, I mean, duh. But, you know, it was just an eye-popping number that that dude 
was that much of that team's offense. Like even going back to what you were saying about the Titans, you know, and, and Derrick Henry, you know, Derrick Henry was still like 51% of the offense for, for the Titans. As much as he was used and as many touches he, he got last year, he was only 51% of their offense. Like you're talking about Saquon where be 55 to 60% of that offense. I just think that, you know, this dude, this dude could be amazing. You know, this dude's amazing. And it was just, like I said, it was an eye popping number right off the bat. Um, you know, it's, I'm not telling you nothing, anything that you don't know, but you know, it was something that clearly stood out to me. And, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not moving him ahead of bar ahead of McCaffrey, but <laughs> I'll tell you, I wouldn't surprise me if he finished ahead of him. Yeah, I agree. I, you know what I mean? I love, I love Saquon. Um, I've loved him since, you know, Penn state. It's just, the dude is different. <laughs> he's just, he's just a different kind of cat. This dude is unbelievable. He really is. Yeah. All right. So the next guys that I actually want to get into is the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm starting to have mixed feelings on the Baltimore Ravens. I think they're still going to be a really good offense. So don't take, don't let me think that I, you know, make you think that I think they're going to be bad, but just looking at some of the numbers, right? They had 6,521 yards of total offense. That is a lot. That's a big number. I mean, that, that is a very big number. And the even crazier part of that is they had, 3,325 passing yards total. That means they had more passing yard, I mean, more rushing yards as a team than passing yards. They finished with 3,296 rushing. That is a big, big number. That That is the biggest number I can remember in a really long time, running the ball. That might be the best ever. I, I don't, I can't remember seeing a team over 3000. Like I, I really was thinking about this earlier today when I saw this and I was like, can I remember a team that as a team ran for 3000, even like the Broncos with the Terrell Davis year where he ran for 2000 and, you know, Jamal Lewis, 2000 yard season. And, you know, Adrian Peterson's thousand yard season. Like those teams didn't run for 3000 yards. Like, and that you had one player that ran for two. So that's a big number. I don't know if they repeat that number. I think that I think they're probably closer to the 20 I mean, I think I think it might be a big drop. I think it might they might be like closer to 2600 cuz if you think about just the the rushing total numbers, right? Lamar Jackson had 1206. If you drop 400 like basically I'm predicting. I'm saying he's going to get around 800 to 850. So you're talking about 400 yards off of Lamar's uh, Lamar Jackson's numbers, right? Mark Ingram had 1,018, which I think that'll probably be right around where he finishes again. But then Gus Edwards had 711. That's coming from your second back. Like, do I think that happens again? Mm, no, because... If you remember, Gus Bus was getting a whole lot of carries when they were blowing teams out every single week, and they just took Mark Ingram out and said, eh, we're just going to throw in Gus Bus." 
So, you know, we don't want to get Mark hurt. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we'll just throw in Gus Bus. So do I think their, you know, second running back gets, you know, 711 rushing yards? No, I don't. I don't think that's going to happen again. I think that's probably closer to 500 or 400. So if you add that all up, you know, it just to me, right, it, it spells 2,600 total rushing yards and a drop off in the total yards of this team, right? Uh, I could be wrong. You know what I mean? Maybe, you know, Lamar Jackson has another 1,200-yard season and maybe, you know, Gus Bus or obviously J.K. Dobbins has a 700-yard rushing season. But, you know, I can't remember a team where the number one and the number two running back had almost 1,000 yards apiece. That just doesn't happen very often. So, you know, I think the numbers regress a little bit for the Baltimore Ravens. Um, another thing, Lamar Jackson only had six total turnovers last year. If you remember, he had a lot of balls where he was just like really lucky that they weren't intercepted. I, I watched a lot of Lamar Jackson tape and there was a lot of passes where it hit a, you know, a corner's hands and it was just dropped. Uh, you know, he got really lucky with some interceptions last year, so I could see that interception number going up. And if it does, it is going to change the way this offense works, because when your quarterback only throws six interceptions, guess what? Your offense is on the field for a whole lot of time, you know, so that that's, you know, another glaring thing that I saw out of this offense. Uh, and then after that, just the total touchdowns of this team. Lamar Jackson had 43 total, you know, total touchdowns. Mark Ingram had 15. Mark Andrews had 10. You know, and then Marquise Brown had five, which he had three in one game. So 43 just touchdowns from Lamar Jackson, I that goes down. I'm sorry. That number is going to go down. Uh, Mark Ingram, I think, is closer to 10 than he is more closer to 10 than he is 15. He could be under 10. He could be eight or nine, but he could just be a little bit over 11 or 12. So I just think the total fantasy points of this team were just you saw the peak of the rocket last year for the Baltimore Ravens. And I just think there's going to be regression from there, just like every other Dolphins. You know, we said the same thing two years ago about, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, where Patrick Mahomes had 50 touchdowns and 5,000 yards passing. And we said, you know, regressing is probably going to happen. And I feel the same way about this Baltimore Ravens team. All right. And I think we do one more. Um, I'll get into the Colts. We just talked about Marlon Mack and Jonathan, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Jonathan Taylor, um, and kind of how Frank Reich was talking about riding the hot hand. Um, you know, I, if you look at their numbers from last year, you know, Marlon Mack was the guy. You know, he had 247 carries, 908 yards. So he was not he kind of had the Jordan Howard numbers where it was like, you know, he was 3.8 a carry, you know what I mean? But behind him, you have Jordan Wilkins and Jonathan Williams, both who averaged over 40 or both who averaged over four yards a carry. Wilkins had 51 for uh, 307. Jonathan Williams, 49 for 235. So if you look at that to me, like, oh, those guys showing that they could, you know, both basically perform when given their opportunity, yet Marlon Mack still, you know, basically having 250 carries. And, that, and I mean, he missed two games, I think, 
you know, which is where Jonathan Williams, I think, got most of his carries. But just the fact that those other two guys showed that they could carry the football and still weren't able to crack, you know, Marlon Mack's attempts. Like, I do think that this is going to be a one running back offense. I just think it's going to be how long will it be Marlon Mack before Jordan and Jonathan Taylor takes over? Like, I, I just, you know what I mean? They, they'll probably give Taylor more carries than what they gave those guys. But, you know, this, if you look at these numbers, it tra- traditionally show it really shows that this is more of a one running back offense, that he's kind of kept his one running back guy on the field. Naeem Hines has been on the, you know, been in the pass catching role. He had 44, uh, you know, catches last year. But, you know, as far as the, the first and second down work, you know, I mean, I think that's just going to be one guy in, until, you know, and it's like like he said, I think it's just going to be a hot hand approach. And, you know, I'm not to me, if you look at the numbers, I think the numbers back that, you know, with with Mac just being so dominant, you know, with being carrying the ball. So, you know, to me, you know, I, it's starting really to look to me like Jonathan Taylor is being overdrafted. <laughs> And, yeah. and I think he's probably he's probably the best running back in the draft, like running back. When we talk about Ezekiel Elliott, we talk about Saquon Barkley, we talk about Nick Chubb. You know, I think that Taylor is the best running back from guys in this draft. But his path to touches, I think, is a lot harder than probably most of the other guys. I think Swift can get on the field, you know, with carry on. You know, I think that Cam Akers can be out, you know, beat out. Henderson and Malcolm Brown. I think that we already know Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be on the field. Um, you know, outside of Dobbins, maybe, because I don't think I don't think Dobbins is going to, you know, get that many touches over Mark Ingram. You know, I just think that Ingram's going to be the the workhorse. And, you know, I think that the Taylor's the same. Like he's going to have to fight for carries. So to me, like, you know, I think that that this just shows that Jonathan Taylor could be really overdrafted. If you're thinking you're going to get him in the third or fourth round and this guy's just going to be a monster. Like, yeah, I, I agree. And I mean, I completely agree with that. So that's it. it. We're at 42 minutes guys. So we were going to go into the player profiles, but I think we can save that for Friday. The player profiles are a lot of, are a lot of information and it's mainly what we see on tape. So the player, the cheat codes are, the visualization of the numbers the player profiles is for all the people who really love to watch football and actually understand what a guy is doing and all that stuff so we'll explain all that stuff we'll you know give you a full breakdown of that on friday and uh you guys are going to enjoy that one so that's it for the podcast yeah that's a good move Good move. I, you know, I, I would have liked to get into a couple guys today, but you know, we'll save that for Friday. Uh, so there you go. You know what? We know what's coming on Friday, guys. Um, remember to check out that website www.cheatcodesports.com. That's www.cheatcodesports.com for your articles, your rankings, your cheat codes, and those player profiles. And until Friday, peace out, guys. Peace.